0: um so what are some of the let's do a little review okay what did we talk about last week okay Ooh, what did we talk about last week what are some of the things yes daniel thank you my man what did we talk about what's that Dis discipleship really good good all right what else yeah althea you what you i almost said i wasn't you wasn't here okay uh, well i'm glad you're in there okay what else Anyone remember what we talked about last week? Anything at all? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Are you speaking words? Or? <laughs> I couldn't tell if, if I was. my ears were all of a sudden clogged or... Okay, okay. You know what? Yes, we talked a lot about being on mission, so that's good. All right, we're on the right track. Good. Anything? Any anybody else? Yeah, Julio. Uh huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: You talked about like how to not change yourself just because of uh, the way you act in one area, and then when you get out of that certain area, you change yourself. Like, uh uh-huh. One area you believe in God, and then you leave, uh, you go to school and stuff, and your friends right. make you like change your personality and like not believing God, and like get back in, and you're like, right. oh, I believe God again. Yeah. Yeah. Really good about being true to okay if you follow Jesus to follow Jesus in every area of your life good any anything else anybody else Jocelyn Okay yeah we talked about connecting more deeply in relationship with God with other followers of Jesus Byron Eat food yeah remember last week we looked at bible verses where they broke bread together in other words means we got to eat together you know what i'm saying So, there are Bible verses that say eat. And so, you know what? I'm going to follow those verses and all of them, but definitely those. Okay. All right. Really good. Well, let me just give you a little review. So, last week we talked about connecting. Everyone say connect. Okay. So, we talked about what it means to connect. And so, all semester we have been talking about what does it mean to actually follow Jesus, to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking specifically about how do we actually become a disciple. And so last week, we looked at the second step of discipleship, and it means to connect. So to connect with God, to connect with one another, and to connect with our mission that God has given us. And so we talked about how the Bible describes the life of a Christian as one that's connected. Right? As followers of Jesus, we're supposed to do life together, not to be isolated or alone. And so following Jesus is done best when we are connected with one another. And so tonight we're going to look at the third step of the process of becoming a disciple. All right, so before we get into tonight's passage, let me just give you a quick review. Two weeks ago with Derek, he looked at Acts chapter 2 um, when the church was um, really birthed from the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Okay, so we looked at how the church started And then last week, we looked at how the church continued to grow more and more, where they connected with one another, right? They had meals together, prayer, worship, and they were going out and sharing their faith. And so tonight, we're going to pick back up in the book of Acts and see, okay, what does the church do now as it's growing? What happens next? So pull out your Bible if you have one and turn to Acts chapter 6. If you don't have one with you, that's totally okay. Raise your hand and we will uh, give you a Bible to use for this evening if you would like to know exactly what we are looking at. So Acts chapter 6. Okay, again, it's ACTS, not the body spray. Just again, another reminder, deodorant's a good thing. It's a friend. So connect with God, connect with other believers, connect with your mission, and connect with deodorant. Okay. Acts chapter six. One of these weeks, I'm just going to give out deodorant, just as a prize. Just not Axe, yeah. Axe doesn't really cover up smell. It just you smell the smell plus Axe. Axe makes it worse. Ugh. That's a whole nother lesson, okay. All right, so Acts chapter six, again, if you need help, feel free to uh, ask a friend, ask a leader, all right? So let's bring it in here. Let me give you just, again, a little bit of context, okay? All right, so Acts chapter two talks about the birth of the church, okay? So uh, the Holy Spirit on Pentecost came and the church was born, and so, Acts chapter 2, a couple of weeks ago, you looked at Peter preaching the gospel. He gathers the believers together, and he preaches the gospel. And many, many people place their faith in Jesus. And so the church continued to grow, right? Again, last week, we looked at how they connected with one another. They were selling their possessions to help one another. And so the church continued to grow and to grow. Well, then the church began to face some really big bumps in the road. And then in Acts chapter 4, the church began to face some trial. And so Peter and John, two of the disciples or apostles, they were thrown into prison because they were preaching the gospel. But what's amazing though, is even though they were thrown in prison for sharing their faith, God continued to work. Because in uh, chapter 4... It says, but many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. So more and more people were placing their faith in Jesus. And so eventually, if we were to read all of those chapters, uh, Peter and John were eventually released from prison, and then the church continued to grow as they shared their faith. And so all of that brings us to Acts chapter 6, and so we're going to see what happens next, okay? So Acts chapter 6, we're going to look at the first uh, seven verses. All right, and so uh, I'll have it on the screen uh, if you need to see that as well. So let's read Acts chapter 6. I'll read that for us here, the first couple verses, all right? So Acts 6, starting in verse 1. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicolás, a proselyte of Antioch. And these they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands upon them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to The faith. All right, so let's break this down here a little bit. So let's start off with trying to identify some observations, okay? And so I want to hear from you guys a little bit. So, first off, again, let's look at observations. So, let's not try to figure out just yet what this passage means, but first, what is happening, okay? So, let me hear some observations. Let's just describe what is happening here in this passage. Again, not what does it mean, just what do you see going on? What's happening? Take a look and let me know. What do you think? What are some observations? Yeah, yeah. Yes, people were complaining. Shocker, right? Even people way back then were complaining, but their complaints were quite valuable. But yes, they brought some concerns before the leaders. Good, what else? What are some other observations what do you see here in this passage again we're going to use our bible study method soya and start by just trying to understand what is happening here so we have an understanding a picture okay yeah 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 as god's word spread more and more people were placing their faith in jesus awesome good what else other observations again just what do you see in this passage okay what else let me ask you this. What were the complaints about? What were people frustrated with? What do you see? What were they frustrated with? There was not enough care for who? What do you see. Yeah, Brandon. Okay, the widows, all right? So here's what's happening. Okay, let me just break this down for you. So as the church was continuing to grow, people brought concerns before the church leaders that some of the widows were being neglected, okay? And just so for context, we understand, a widow is somebody who has lost their spouse. And so there were a number of Christians who felt like that there were a number of widows who were not being adequately cared for. They said to the church leaders, hey, these Widows are not being taken care of. They're being neglected. You're overlooking them as you are distributing money, food, all kinds of supplies and resources. Okay, so that was the concern here that they were not being cared for. And so from what I read here in the passage, I don't think that this neglect was intentional. It wasn't like the church leaders at this time were like, you know what? Let's just not think about them. Let's just not care about them. That's not true. Really, it was probably just a lack of administration, supervision. They probably didn't have a one, two, three plan as the church was growing so much. Again, because keep in mind, in Acts chapter 2, when the church began, there were roughly 120 believers together. And then now, a couple chapters later, there were thousands of Christians. And remember, these disciples, they didn't get Bible training They didn't get quality Christian seminary and education from Clark Summit University. They were just fishermen who were now all of a sudden entrusted with this mission to lead the church. And so I don't think they really had a whole plan in mind. And so naturally, as they grew from 120 or so to thousands of people, my guess is inevitably they were trying to care for everybody and they were just falling short. So this is a lot of people to overlook. And so if you come to church on a Sunday morning, you might think, wow, that's a lot of people. Well, thousands or a lot more. So trying to help a lot of those people was a lot of work. Okay. So we see in verses 1 and 2 that these uh, Christians brought these concerns before the leaders. And so look at verse 3. What do the church leaders, the disciples, the apostles, what do they do About these concerns. So look in verse 3. What do they do? So the concerns are brought before them. What happens? What do the disciples say? Allie? Yeah. They appoint people who are strong in their faith to go and care for them. They recognize that something needs to be done. So they appoint seven men to specifically attend to these widows, so they can be cared for. Now, look at these, these next couple verses. Why didn't the church leaders help them themselves? What reason do they give for not saying, you know what, let's go address this ourselves, but instead they appoint seven men to go and specifically care for them? What is it saying here? Why didn't they specifically go and help them? What does it say? Yeah, Violet? Okay. They said, okay, we are called to a mission and we, we shouldn't just give up this mission, so let's find some individuals who can go and care for these widows. Now, that doesn't mean that these church leaders didn't care about these widows because we know they care about them because they did something about the need. But here's what's happening. God had given them a specific mission, and that mission was to go and make disciples, to go and lead and grow the church. That was their God-given mission. And so these church leaders, they recognized that their current role was to preach the word and to lead the church as a whole. And so if they said, okay, we're going to step away from this role and go help this group, that would really change the leadership and direction of the church as a whole. And so it's not that they were above helping them or that they said, you know, we're too good for this. We're the church leaders. We're going to let somebody else go and help this group. But it simply means that God had a specific and different role for them, and they were trying to remain faithful to what God had asked and already called them to do. Because even though the disciples were the church leaders, they're not God. They can't do everything. And they said, God has called us to preach and to lead. And so we can't do every aspect as we grow. And so that's why they then say, let's appoint some people to go help them. And so here's an important principle that we need to understand. Different roles or ways that they lead and serve, they don't always describe different worth. So just because they were leading and saying, okay, we can't commit time to that, that doesn't mean that they were above them, but God had called them to a specific job and they wanted to remain faithful to that. And so it's important because here's a Bible study pro tip. We should never assume something the text doesn't say. So when you read this, you might go, well, what, do they think they're better than everybody else? They didn't care about them? No, that's not it at all they did care about them because they did something about it but they had a god-given mission and they wanted to continue to remain faithful so what did they do they appoint these men who could specifically care for these widows and what's amazing is in them appointing these men it allowed them the opportunity to join in on the mission that God has for caring for the church because the church leaders could have easily said well, we're the church leaders, we'll take care of it. We know what's good for everybody. No, they said, we can do everything, so let's bring these leaders in to help care for them because we just aren't able to care for them the way that they should. And so how did they identify these seven men, these leaders to go and care for them? Did they just draw names out of a hat what did they do? How did they decide, okay, we need some people to lead this effort into caring for them. How should we decide who is going to lead and care for them? Yeah. They said, okay, let's identify followers of Jesus who are full of wisdom and of the Spirit and of good reputation. So who, have, who has good reputation? Who is full of the Spirit, meaning they are clearly being led by the Spirit of God and who are wise. And so hopefully, as you read these characteristics, I hope you know that these characteristics don't just happen overnight. You don't just read a couple of verses and then the next morning just wake up full of the Spirit, so wise, and, and all of this. Because you can't always microwave spiritual maturity. It takes time, investment, and discipline and humility. If you wanna grow to become more like Christ, it takes time and effort, energy to pour into growing and to learning more about how to follow Jesus and to help others. And so you can't just say, okay, you know what, if I memorize one or two verses, I'm just gonna be automatically just so wise and full of the Spirit and all of this. But rather, it takes time and effort and energy so therefore, we need to put time into it. And so these men were chosen, equipped, and then mobilized to go lead and serve to care for these widows. Because could you imagine if the church leaders said, okay, let's just pick, let's just pick the most random people who are not very wise and caring and let them go help them. If they did that haphazardly, do you think that those widows would feel cared for? No. And so they said, you know what, let's identify some leaders who are wise, of good reputation, who we know and can trust that they are going to care for these women. And so after these leaders were identified, what happens? Well, verse 5 says the disciples prayed over them and were prepared to go lead and serve. And then after that, what's the outcome? Well, again... I think Jocelyn had mentioned it, the word of God continues to increase and the number of disciples multiplied. And so because they said, you know what, we are going to remain focused on our mission to preach the gospel and identify these leaders to go and care for these widows, the word of God increased and more and more individuals placed their faith in Jesus. And so right here, we see a situation where Satan could have easily tried to divide the church. He could have tried to tempt the leaders to make bad decisions, to be reckless, to be unwise. Satan desired to seize an opportunity to divide the church, but yet we see the followers of Jesus, the church, unified in mission. And as they were unified together, we see that they were blessed, and more and more people placed their faith and Jesus okay and so that was a really quick overview but we're talking this semester about what it means to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus if someone says okay I follow Jesus well what does that mean what does that look like how do we become a disciple how do we become somebody like these seven men to go out and to lead and to serve to be full of wisdom what does it mean and look like to be filled with Christ-like wisdom that's what we're talking about all semester And so right here, we see the third step of what it means to become a disciple. And I'm going to identify what that means as the word minister. And so you may be thinking, okay, if you've ever heard the word minister, you probably think of maybe like a pastor or like somebody who's like a very high up spiritual leader. But the reality is the word minister in and of itself basically is someone who serves the needs of others in the name of Jesus. A minister, by definition, is somebody who leads and serves others in the name of Jesus. And unfortunately, over the years, our culture has shifted our thinking to think that only pastors or church leaders are considered, quote-unquote, ministers. That, okay, you know what, they're the ones who actually go and help people, and then we're just going to hang out and just let them do all the work. But that's not at all what the Bible talks about. Because as followers of Jesus, each and every one of us are called to minister or to serve others. We're all called to serve and care for others. I mean, last week, we saw followers of Jesus literally selling their possessions to care for people who were in desperate need of help. They were ministering to others. They were loving, caring, and serving one another. And so we see this process of discipleship, where again, back in Acts chapter 2, Peter shares the gospel. And then as people began to place their faith in Jesus, they began to connect with one another, to grow in their faith. And as they continued to grow and to become spiritually mature and to become like Christ, they became followers of Jesus who were full of the Spirit and wisdom. And so that's how we see them become into this opportunity where they can lead others. And so once a Christian or a follower of Jesus, once we have become connected with other disciples, connected more deeply in our relationship with God and connected with our mission, as you do those three things, guess what? You will continue to see spiritual growth. So if you want to grow in your faith to become Uh, more uh, wise and godly. Last week, we quickly looked at what that means and how does it look like to grow in your relationship with God, to spend time with other followers of Jesus, and to be able to live on mission to go and share your faith. And so as you do that, you experience spiritual growth. And as you grow spiritually, I hope and pray that you get to points Or you know what, you say, wow, I want to serve others. I want to care for others. You know what, as Jesus has helped me learn and grow, I want to now go help others. Because as we grow in our faith, we should get to a place where we say, you know what, Jesus has served me by giving his life for me. How can I not want to go and serve others? God wants us to use our gifts, our skills, our wisdom and abilities to honor God and bless others. And so let me ask you this. These seven men that were chosen to go care for these widows, were these men perfect? How many think, yes, they were perfect in every way? Okay, good. Sort of. Okay. How many would say, no, they were not perfect? Correct answer, right? They were not perfect. However, They were at a place where they were able to serve and lead others in a healthy, God-honoring way. And so, these men weren't chosen because they were perfect and had it all together. They weren't like, hey, we're the best people in the church, yeah. No, they were chosen because they were of good reputation, filled with the Spirit, and wise And these men were chosen to go out and work out of the church. They didn't just say, you know what, let's just go out on our own and do our own thing. They said, no, let's work together as followers of Jesus to go help and care for these widows who need help and care. And so these leaders at one point placed their faith in Christ and they continued to grow in their faith. And as they grew and grew and grew, they got to a point where the church leader said, you know what, we want them to go and lead others. We want them to care and serve others. And so they were trained and mobilized to go out and serve others. And so this is the third step of what it looks like to become a disciple, to go and minister, to serve and love and care for others. Each and every one of us, as followers of Jesus, are called to minister, to serve and love and care for others. Because again, people just think minister means pastor only, but that's not true. The word minister, in and of itself, means to go and serve and care for and lead others in the name of Jesus. And that's why, as a church, even for all you guys, we want you to participate in serving one another. That's why we do missions moments, so we together can even take just a little bit of money to go and serve kids all around the world who need the gospel, who need help and resources in ways that we can provide for them and help them. Each and every one of you are called to serve others in the name of Jesus. And so what does this roadmap of discipleship look like? If you want to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus, it starts with, again, Sharing, and we looked at that a few weeks ago, it starts with placing your faith in Jesus. That's the first step of becoming a disciple, to follow Jesus. And not just like, yeah, yeah, I like to learn about Jesus or, you know, like once in a while I kind of like share an Instagram post or whatever. No, I mean like to actually follow Jesus, to give him the control of your life. And we see that happening in the book of Acts, in the early church. And so once you place your faith in Christ and begin to grow in your faith, then you begin to connect, to connect more deeply with God, to read your Bible more, to pray, to worship together, to connect with other followers of Jesus here at TNT in our worship services, to connect to our mission to go and share the gospel. Again, back to that first step. So again, Share, number two is connect, next slide, connect, again, to connect with God, to connect with the church, and to connect with our mission, to share, to connect, and the third step of what we looked at tonight is to minister, and so as these believers, as these followers of Jesus began to grow more and more in their faith, they were then given opportunities to go lead and to serve. And it's also important to note here that these individuals who were called to go and lead and care for these widows, we don't see them saying, hey, Peter, John, clearly I'm awesome. Clearly I'm the most qualified person. Go send me. No, they were chosen because they were wise and humble. They were already caring for people and they recognized this. They were following Jesus with their head, heart, and hands. And so likewise, for us here in this room, we want to share the gospel. We want to help all of you connect more closely with your relationship with God, to connect with one another, and to connect with your mission that God has given you. And then we hope that as you grow in your faith, that you will desire to serve and to lead Others, and we want to be a place where we can help coach you and provide opportunities for you to lead and to grow and to serve. And that's why I see a lot of students leading all kinds of things throughout TNT every week. Because we want to help you to be leaders, to serve others in the name of Jesus. And we really believe that church is a great place to learn how to lead and to care for others. And so, what do we do with this passage? Well, here are a couple of things I want you to think about as we kind of close. Are you ministering to others now? Meaning, are you serving others now? If you say that you follow Jesus, if you're claiming to follow Jesus, are you serving others? Are you caring for others? Because I would actually, God's word would say, if you follow Jesus, if you're saying, yes, I follow Jesus, and you are not attempting or even thinking about how you can serve and care for others, I think God would wanna do a work in your heart. Are you serving others now? And I'm not saying that you need to sell all of your possessions and give them to somebody, but maybe it starts out with saying hi to somebody who you don't know at school, to being a friend to somebody who needs a friend, to caring about somebody, serving others. And it also says that these men were clearly following the Spirit's leading and demonstrated godly wisdom. Let me ask you this. Think about this. Don't say anything. Would people say that you are pursuing Christ, that you are growing in godly wisdom? If no, then what do you need to do to work on that? And so secondly, do you feel ready to be mobilized to serve and lead? Do you even feel like I'm in a place where I can serve and lead others? And then third, are you willing to be coached? In other words, are you willing to say, yes, I want someone to help me learn how to serve and lead others? Because if you feel like you are the best and that you deserve to lead, maybe that's why God has not given you opportunities to lead. Because God wants to use you to humbly serve and lead others. And so once a follower of Jesus has become connected and they experience spiritual growth, we hope and pray that they will eventually want to use their gifts, their abilities to serve others. And that's why this is the third step, because you can't just bypass everything else and want to serve others. Yes, you can care and help people, but apart from the Spirit of God doing a work in your heart and to your, in your life, It requires you to submit yourself to Jesus and to become deeply connected with one another. And so as we're talking about this process of discipleship, where are you in this roadmap? Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Are you connecting with one another? Are you connecting with God? Are you trying to grow in your relationship? Are you demonstrating service to others? Where are you on this roadmap toward discipleship? I would encourage you to really think about that because if you want to follow Jesus, you have to ask yourself, where am I on this journey? Am I trying to figure out who Jesus is? Am I trying to learn how to connect with one another to grow my relationship with God? Or are you saying, yes, I think I'm ready to go and serve others in the name of Jesus. And so as you spend some time in your small groups to kind of process more about what this means and what that looks like for you, I would encourage you to think about Where are you personally? And we'll give you some time to discuss that a little bit in your small groups. So let me pray, and then we'll dismiss the small groups, and then afterwards we'll have some time to hang out in the gym and play some games, foosball, all that kind of stuff, all right? So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity to spend time in your word. I pray that we would each consider what it means to follow you, how to connect with one another, and how do we minister to others? How do we share, connect, and serve others? I pray that even tonight you would make it aware to each and every student here how they can serve and lead others in the name of Jesus. And so God, I pray that you would continue to go before us in our time together to process, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so go ahead and head to small group.